Welcome to the Guns and Yoga Podcast. My name is Wendy Hummel. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to share some information about an upcoming free webinar that I'll be presenting on Justice Clearinghouse. It's a peer-to-peer educational platform geared towards criminal justice professionals. On December 8th, I'll be presenting Building a Wellness Program from the Ground Up, and the link will be included in the show notes. It's free to watch live, and if you're a member of Justice Clearinghouse, you can access the replay at any time. The December webinar will be an overview of what it takes to implement an organizational wellness program from the ground up. If this is something that you're interested to learn more about, I'll be releasing a longer course on the Justice Clearinghouse platform early next year, so stay tuned. I recently presented a webinar on Justice Clearinghouse called Side Hustles and Second Careers, Reimagining Your Professional Passion After Retirement. And as part of the Retirement or Second Mountain Master Series that I've been doing on this podcast, I'm going to be breaking down some of the sections of the webinar in future microcasts and adding in some more content. So stay tuned for that as well. If you're a regular listener of the show, You know that retirement is a topic that I'm passionate about discussing. Myself, a retired detective that now works full-time in my second mountain or my second career for another law enforcement agency, I often share that I didn't plan very much for my retirement, and I call myself the poster child for how not to retire. I definitely don't have all the answers, but I thought it would be fun and helpful to share what I've learned about pursuing a side hustle or if you're looking for a meaningful work after retirement. I would have never imagined that starting out with my yoga practice would ever lead me down a path of teaching yoga, investing in a yoga retreat, starting a podcast, becoming a health coach, and a full-time wellness manager. I've noticed that many of us, including me, have pigeonholed ourselves and limit our own potential, and this series will focus on the importance of finding purpose in retirement capitalizing on your strengths, pursuing a passion, and provide examples and ideas of what you might explore. We recently did a giveaway for a Guns and Yoga hat too. Thank you everyone that entered and joined the email list and congratulations to the winner, Catherine Boyle. Now on to today's episode where I share a conversation that I had with a good friend and trusted mentor, David Kennington the manager for the professional wellness section at the Nashville Metro Police Department. He's a licensed professional counselor and manages civilian counselors and the sworn arm of the unit. Not only is David a trailblazer in the first responder wellness space, but like I mentioned, he has really come to be a trusted friend and mentor to me. We met a few years back when I was early into my role as the health and wellness manager for the sheriff's office. Through a federal program called CRITAC, which we will discuss in the episode, our agency was paired with David's along with a few other subject matter experts, one of which is Sherry Martin, the National FOP Wellness Coordinator, who was a previous guest on the show. David and I continue to stay connected, and he has been an integral part of our wellness program's success. Because of his guidance, an unexpected benefit of our relationship through the CRITAC program, which included site visits, was our own unit's expansion. We were able to go from one person full-time, which was me, to now three full-time employees in our unit, one of which is an in-house therapist. This not only speaks to the legitimacy of the program, but to our agency's leadership and buy-in a crucial element for any agency wellness program, 
which I also discuss in my upcoming webinar, Building a Wellness Program from the Ground Up. Some of the highlights from our conversation are the growth of his agency's wellness program, which began with the behavioral component or in-house therapy, to the recent addition of the SWORN section, wellness checks, training, peer support, family support, succession planning, and the importance of having a menu of services to offer employees. David shares the core values of the Nashville Metro Police Department's wellness program, relationships, resources, and resiliency. Whether you're interested in how to start a wellness program at your agency, enhance what you may already have, or you're just interested to learn more, I think you're going to find a lot of great value and information in this episode. Welcome to the Guns and Yoga podcast, David. I'm so glad to have you on, finally. <laughs> Took a while, thank you. <laughs> yeah, for for the listeners, we've had a, a few little technical uh, difficulties, but we, we're, we're improvising. But Today, I'm, I'm really glad to have you on the show. This has been a long time coming. So for the listeners, um, David Kennington is a licensed professional counselor. He works for the Nashville Metro Police Department. He's been there for 17 years. And I guess you just recently got a, a title change and you are now the behavioral health services manager. Correct. Did I get that right? Good. You got it right. Awesome. And, and I wanted to have you on for a while. I think it's about two years now and we finally made it work, but We'll get into how you and I met, but but before we do it, um, if you could just let the listeners know a little bit more about your background, um, in particular, how you came to work with the population that you work with. So you can just take it away and start wherever you would like. I, I, absolutely. I never, I don't think I ever really understood that police departments had wellness programs. And so my, when I, uh, when I started off in this um, back in Back in the eighties, uh, I, I, um, my, my goal was to work with, with youth and, and teenagers. And so along my journey, I've worked at, uh, psychiatric hospitals. I've worked at community mental health, uh, some private practice. I've worked with some victims of crime, but I, Wendy, I, I literally just stumbled across this job. Uh, I was in private practice in 2005, 2007, and, um, was watching TV one night with my wife. And I'm going to date myself, but there's like a public access channel that would run ads and weather updates, <clears throat> excuse me. And it, it talked about um, Metro Nashville Police Department was hiring a police crisis counselor. I made the phone calls. Uh, I came on to Metro in 07. Uh, no real understanding of law enforcement, no real understanding of, of that culture. Um just took me a while to learn. I, I, I grew up in, a, uh, my dad was in the military. So I grew up with a high respect for, for the military and for law enforcement, um, had plenty of, um, traffic tickets as a high school and, and college student. So I had a healthy respect for law enforcement, but, um, have just learned to, to, to love this population uh, and to grow and, and to build the relationships. And you'll hear me talk about that today. Uh, the relationships are just everything. And so, to be a part of a program that had been around uh, since the 80s. Our, our program started in 1986 with one civilian counselor, an incredible woman, Carol Etherton, uh, just started it and just saw a need to support police officers and police families. Uh, so it started with one person in 86. Uh, we now have 16 personnel. 
uh, and a therapy dog and and to to get to manage and lead those incredible men and women every day uh, to get to work in this population uh, has been an amazing journey so so I guess I didn't realize in knowing you for these past few years that um, that really that's how you came to to become a member of the police department. Mm-hmm. I that you just happened to see something, an advertisement, and thought, oh, that sounds like a a good job. Right. Right. I, I mean, I, I think it was a little bit of fate, a little bit of luck, a little bit of spiritual divine. I, again, I just I was I was really happy in private practice. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I was making good money. I had a office with a couple of buddies we were on music row here in nashville um we had some (laughs) some celebrity type people coming to see us and it was nice it was just really nice and so i don't i I wasn't even necessarily looking for this um but again just uh there's there's as you know wendy when working with law enforcement there's there's no two days are ever the same it's just uh, i love the relationships um I talk a lot about the importance of building that from the top down and the bottom up. So having the buy-in from the chiefs and deputy chiefs, captains, commanders is so critical, but also getting to know the trainees and the families from the very beginning and building those relationships of trust and trying to help create and maintain, you know, healthy, resilient police officers and families. So every day is different. And I love that about it. And I know you do too, just, there, there, there's dark days. We both know that. Uh, there's really, we've had a really rough week here in Nashville. We've had just some horrific things happen with, um, we had a one-year-old that was run over. We've had some horrific car crashes with people uh, burning up in cars. Um, we had an officer-involved shooting. So again, just supporting, intervening, um, just on a daily basis. I just, it, it's something that uh, it keeps me sharp and fresh and challenge so i love it oh yeah that sounds like a heavy week so thank you for what you and your team are doing Mm. and for and and really to to make time to be here today because that's a lot that you've had you've had going on this week i'm glad you said that i I, i'm I'm sitting at home right now i have a just i can't say enough about my director uh my team um I, i i haven't talked about this yet but we have eight licensed counselors uh within our professional wellness section. We have four sworn personnel. We have a lieutenant, two sergeants, and an officer. We have two uh, civilian chaplains. We have a therapy dog. So we have, like like I said, 16, 17 personnel uh, you know, program. We have three separate units that work together. So we have a the, the civilian counselors stay very busy, as, as you know, Wendy. Um, and I think your listeners uh, could, could understand and appreciate that. I mean, we stay busy with Couples counseling, relationships, dealing with post-traumatic stress, uh, depression, anxiety. So our counselors stay very busy. And then the the sworn guys that we've added that program since 2020, they're they're amazing. Uh, they're out in the field. They're having lunch and and breakfast and connecting with officers, doing wellness checks and dropping by roll calls and responding to to critical incidents. And our chaplains are just next level. They have to do death notifications, but they also provide spiritual guidance and support. I am. I just feel very blessed and humbled that we have a program, and 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 to be a part of that is just amazing. And have an incredible group of, of professionals. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, you really are. You and your team are doing amazing work. And I I want to like I want to back up just for a second and lay a little bit of foundation for the listeners to to kind of 
um, put in perspective how you and I met and really how, you know, you're talking about your program, but for people to understand if they're listening, what a model program that you guys have. And so to back up a little bit, I don't, I don't talk very much in detail, typically about my full-time job on the podcast, but everybody knows I'm the health and wellness manager at a sheriff's office and I've retired from a police career. And this is something that I'm very passionate about because I feel like it was something that was missing um, throughout my career. And sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And in coming into this work, one of the things that I learned about, um, I dove into all the resources that were available for somebody to guide me because I knew this needed to happen, but I really just didn't know how to make it happen. And there's a program called CryTech, which I made sure that I looked up the acronyms because although I know what it is, I always forget what each and every letter stands <laughs> for. So, okay, good. That makes me feel better. <laughs> um, so for those listening, if you've never heard of CryTech, it's a program that's run underneath the umbrella of the Department of Justice, and it stands for the Collaborative Reform Initiative Technical Assistance Center. And what they do is, it's amazing. They pair up agencies looking for guidance, they want mentorship um, with subject matter experts. So in this case, because we were building a wellness program and a peer support program, our agency got paired up with you. And then of course, Sherry Martin, who's the mm-hmm. national FOP wellness coordinator. So that is how you and I came to meet each other several years ago now. And I have to say it was, I don't even know if I've told you this, but I had kind of stalked you ahead of time. <laughs> so, so I, I was a little bit familiar with Nashville and was really pleased that we got to be paired with you because I had seen the incredible work that you were doing. And just, again, I can't really emphasize enough. I knew something needed to happen. I had an idea, but, but really having like every two weeks, being able to hop on the phone and having those phone calls was mm-hmm. so crucial in how we at our agency have been able to to start to go towards building a program. We're nowhere near where you're at. We just started about four years ago, but but you guys are really doing amazing work. So I just want to make sure everyone who's listening understands this because um, you're talking about all the incredible resources that you have in place, but you also um, are helping guide and mentor other agencies in the process, which I appreciate. I, I appreciate those kind words and, and I will... Um... You know, getting to meet you, I think there was an instant uh, appreciation and connection, like your passion. And I, that's uh, when, when we first connected on the phone and then got to spend some time with you both here in Nashville and in Wichita. Uh, I, so many good things happen when you're passionate, right? So many good things happen when you have a vision. And, and I, I appreciate your kind words. We're, we're constantly learning from other people, too. I think that's the beauty of being in, being in this field. Uh, working with with law enforcement and, and trying to create these wellness initiatives, none of us have all the answers, right? I mean, you know that we, uh, both of us have looked towards uh, Indianapolis and San Diego, and there's so many great programs out there. Uh, I was on a, a Zoom yesterday with ICP, uh, Office of Safety and Wellness, and different wellness coordinators from across the country were just sharing ideas. And I love that. Like, I don't think you get that uh, in the corporate world sometimes where people want to hide and, and hold on to their secrets of success. And so it's just neat to, to share all that stuff and learn from other people. So I don't know how much longer I'm going to be at Metro I'm getting on the back end of, of my career here. Uh, I've loved it. Uh, I, I certainly hope to, 
to, to leave it uh, a little bit better. But I, I, you know, like you, Wendy, I, I think every day we're trying to learn and grow and expand. Um, I don't think we're where we need to be. So I value you so much because like the person who started our program in 86, you're you're that person for Sedgwick. You're that person who has, again, a vision, ideas. Uh, we both know that there's things that we try sometimes we have to scrap or but it's been it's been exciting for us to um, to see you grow your program. So we're really proud of you. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, it's to look back, it's only been four years, but there has been incredible growth since that point. And, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on as well, you're you're one of my favorite people. I just have so much fun when I get to talk to you. You're you're such Thank a you. great person, passionate, so good at what you do. But I think too, you know, the more, you know, sometimes when you're doing something, you're in, you're entrenched in the work, you just kind of assume that everybody else knows about it and everybody else understands what you need to do when you're looking mm-hmm. to, to bring wellness resources, but that actually is not true. <laughs> and so you right. almost have this bias towards what you know. And so I wanted to use this as an opportunity to really get into for anybody listening, if this is something, cause I get these inquiries all the time, which I'm sure you do mm-hmm. too, David. How do you start? Where do you start? What do I do? Where where can I go? And I want everyone to know that that you have you can just you can start with just reaching out to you, me, um, the IACP. There's there's a lot of resources, and like you said, one of the things that I love in having been a part of CryTech and also our grant that we've been we've received at our at our agency is that community of support. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking mm-hmm. with other people that are doing the same thing that you're doing because because it's hard to find that in mm-hmm. in a community of people across the nation so and you you hit the nail on the head I mean we've had successes we've had challenges we've had failures mm-hmm. in the last four years we've regrouped we're still learning and growing mm-hmm. um so what I'd like for you to do, if you don't mind, is to just kind of go into, you You kind of went into the structure of how your program um, is. There's the behavioral health side, there's the sworn side, the chaplain mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Could you kind of just walk everybody through a little bit about how the three different entities or those three legs of the stool come together, work together, and you you oversee all of that, correct? Correct. Yeah. He- Heidi Bennett is our, essentially is our director um, I answer to Heidi Bennett, the director, and then she answers to an inspector and a, a deputy chief and up the command. Um, but I do get to to manage the three different uh, units with underneath the professional wellness. So I, I, I told you, or I, I told your listeners that, you know, again, in 86, we have one counselor. We have, it, it started off obviously uh, through that civilian side. And then that's how it grew for, for years and years. Um, early in mid eighties, we, there was a, a small group of peer supporters, just the, I call them the OGs, just the, they're, they're the rock stars. And, and a lot of those guys have left and retired, but we started off with five or just a handful. And I want to go back real quick to something you said. We had a, a grant a couple of years ago through the DOJ, the cops office, and our grant was specifically set up to train law enforcement agencies across middle Tennessee to help them establish programs. You're right. Most, you and I both know, most police departments in the United States are small. Like for every New York City, Chicago, LA, there's a thousand departments who are who are tiny and have less than 30 people. Uh, I, so 
most of our police departments across the middle Tennessee area are small departments and they don't have resources and budgets to come in and hire a, a 16 man team or a five man or even hire one clinician. So our objective and the goals of our grant was to help these departments set up peer support programs. And we, I know, I want to say we had 30 to 35 agencies that we just started training peer supporters. And that one person, that one man or woman could go back as a peer supporter and start growing. So that's what it's all about. You know that. Um, and we've seen, since that, we've seen some of these smaller departments hire that clinician, hire a clinician to be paired with that sworn person to grow it. So planting those seeds uh, is really exciting. So if you look at sort of the evolution, how our program has grown, and to answer your direct question, so that it's we have always been what I call uh, a reactive uh, program, and and I'm I'm careful with that. Uh, and I, you know, there there will, as you know, there will always be critical instances. There will always be officer-involved shootings and traumatic events. There will always be those uh, days where we need to respond. Also, we're very reactive in, and we have been reactive when it comes to counseling people. As you know, Wendy, people are gonna people don't pick, typically pick up the phone to call you to say, "Hey, I'm, I'm doing great in my marriage. I'm having a great day. I want to come talk to you about wonderful things." People typically wait, especially men, especially law enforcement. They wait till it's bad. They wait till it's depressed or a marriage is falling apart or they're drinking too much. We've always been reactive, um, but I think uh, adding the sworn component, adding a lieutenant, the two sergeants, the officer we have become much more proactive. And by proactive, getting out in the field, going to roll calls, doing uh, wellness checks. Uh, we have a our wellness check program is, is sort of structured that we do what I call general wellness checks. Uh, our guys are, those men and women, our sworn guys are just out in the field, going to headquarters, going to roll calls, going to precincts, going to homicide, just checking on people, just going in. We also have what's called annual wellness checks. I know there's a lot of pro, a lot of different departments call them different things: wellness visits, wellness checks. Um, but we're we're trying to do more of that, uh, especially with specialized um, populations like sex crimes and homicide and fatal crashes. Those men and women who are exposed to a lot of tra traumatic events. Asking those people, requiring those people to come in once a year to sit down and just talk. Um, it's not therapy. It's not diagnostic. It's not evaluative. It's sitting down and how are you, Wendy? How's your family? How's your kids? How's your husband? How's your job? What's stressful? How are you taking care of yourself? Again, going back and building those relationships with those men and women. So I, I'm constantly kind of trying to play around with this model of we will continue to be reactive when required, but trying to be more proactive and build relationships. I can tell you right now, I just got a, um, I'm excited about this. Um, I just got our, our monthly report for how many counseling sessions we've had for this year and counseling cases, our numbers are down. And my first thought was like, uh Oh, you know, like, am I going to, cause we have, we have eight people in our office who can see, uh, see clients. We have six full-time licensed counselors, but but then I looked over on the other category, our wellness checks are up, our connections are up. So isn't that what we're trying to do? I mean, and it's kind of odd, but 
in a, in a weird wor world, we would work ourselves out of a job. Like we would do so many wellness checks and build so many relationships that people would not need counseling. We both know that's never going to happen. But so to have those counselors who continue to provide psychotherapy and counseling, um, all of our, all three units, the well, the sworn wellness, the counselors and the, the chaplains are very involved in training. Um, I think we're going to hit probably over 400 hours of training this year, which is a lot. Uh, just doing peer support training, resiliency training. Uh, we're constantly trying to evolve and talk about things like self-care and suicide prevention. Uh, so just being very involved with families, the training academy, in-service. Um, our we're very fortunate. Our our counselors we have a we have a, a suite, and on one side of the building, completely behind locked doors, are sworn, and on the other side is our civilian counselors. That kind of creates a cool atmosphere, I think, where somebody can get off the elevator and then you can go to the left or go to the right, depending on what you're there for. But, um, you know, confidentiality is everything. You know that, Wendy. Um, but I, 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 for me to try to connect all three, you know, you use the stool, the, the three legs, uh, I, I think it's, it's really uh, – there have been some challenges because, again, I always remind people that – Metro Nashville Police Department's wellness program is in its fourth decade. However, the sworn component, this is year three or four. So we're, in some ways, we're like the old man, but in some ways, we're like a little kid. Like, we're still growing. Um, but I just, I think the relationships amongst, you know, the, the, the team, just to, communication is everything, right? Like, just having to, there are things that the counselors cannot tell the the sworn of course when it comes to uh, confidentiality and privilege communication but just working together so one thing that our sworn guys do i don't know what they call it in in uh in wichita but our sworn personnel they spend a lot of time if they're not in the field connecting with people um they spend time like reading daily updates field summary reports so they may see hey wendy or or tom or this person had to perform CPR on a child last night, or this person worked a bad crash, or this person. So they try to stay connected to what's going on. Uh, and then they they can reach out, offer support. And then I'll, obviously they they have relationships with sworn that that doesn't always come as easily, I think, for the civilian side. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Our, our sworn team probably has over... 60 or 70 years combined experience at Metro. So they know people too. And as you know, Wendy, sometimes a sworn is going to feel more comfortable talking to a sworn. Sometimes they're going to feel more comfortable talking to a civilian. So that's, that's one thing that I, that we have that it's almost like uh, Heidi and I talk a lot about this, my director, you know, it's like a, it's like a menu. Like you can choose, you can choose who you want to connect with. And our, our our sworn guys are really good at recognizing their limitations too. Like they're, hey, I can support you, I can listen to you, I can direct you to resources, but there might be a time that they turn it over and say, hey, here's our counseling side. You've got something going on that we can no longer really address. So our chaplains, I mean, I can't say enough about uh, Sergeant Ivy and his team, uh, death notifications. Uh, I think they did 700 death notifications last year in Nashville. He has a volunteer team of, of, of chaplains. 
but he, every day they they show up and and they support not only the the civilians uh, of Davidson County, but they're supporting our department too, whether it's spiritual care or guidance. So uh, we're we're still learning too, Wendy. I mean, I'm still trying to navigate all that. Um, but I, I'm very I'm very happy with the team we have. I think we have diversity, which is critical. Um, when you have a 16 or 17 personnel unit, like we have some diversity, um, which, uh, I, you know, people want to feel comfortable when they're talking to somebody. Um, so I don't know if I just answered your question. I just talked for about 10 minutes, but. Oh, um, that's, that was, that was great. I, I wanted, you, you did a really good job in providing an overview of what you do and just the importance. I took a bunch of notes, but first of all, for those listening, you can probably understand now and hearing David why he's been such a crucial part of how our program has been developed and implemented because you have so much knowledge and expertise. So thank you for that. But there's a few things you touched upon that I just want to emphasize, make sure that we kind of revisit. The first thing is this whole process is not one size fits all, you mm -hmm. know, our agency is larger in the grand scheme of things in this area. And so, like you said, there's a lot of smaller agencies. Most are smaller and it is very important to us and a big part of what we do to collaborate and support those other agencies. Um, but, but the one size fits all also um, pertains not just to the size of the agency, but also, you know, you said you guys started with the behavioral health component. Mm -hmm. Ours mm -hmm. did not. So, right. you know, I'm, I am not a therapist. I'm a retired right. first responder right. who is now a civilian in a right. wellness manager position. Yeah. So it's unique. It's a, it's kind of this hybrid approach. And so mm -hmm. I think it's important for people to hear that it's, it depends on what works for your agency and having the right people in place to do it. Right. And so we started with, with just me. And over the last almost two years now, we've been able to add a therapist, a culturally yes. competent clinician. And even just as recent as this year, we now have a third person in our unit full-time who is a deputy with the sheriff's office who is, yeah, he's in, he's helping to implement our mentoring program. So, so I think it's important for people to understand, you know, there's not a one way to do things. Like it depends on who you've got in your area, who's the capable right person and right. it kind of go from there. So I, I wanted to make sure we said that because you guys just recently added your sworn component. Mm -hmm. Correct. And, and the whole thing about reactive versus proactive, I, I'm so glad you said that because I'll, I'll tell you, before I retired, I was a part of our, our SISM team, which stands for mm -hmm. Critical Incident Stress mm -hmm. Management. And while we still do debriefings, we still react and respond when things occur with peer support. Um, there's so much more of an emphasis on what you said, um, that beforehand, that education, that, um, you know, touching base before there's a problem. Yes. We, yeah. we highly encourage, I mean, it's a, it's a requirement for now our 52 person peer support team that they have to get at least an annual wellness visit or wellness yes. check. Um, but we highly, highly encourage recruits. It's not mandatory. We highly encourage every agency member to be more proactive. And I can tell you one of the things that's helped the most with that is having people across the agency. So sworn people who work in our jail and, and admin to say, hey, we've gone to do this. We have a great group of therapists and clinicians, you know, give it a try. 
And like you said, that makes it so much more smoother. So when there is a crisis or an issue, they already have established that rapport and relationship so that they know what it's like. Right. Um, I'm really, really glad you said that because that's been something that we have seen has made a really big difference. Um, Yes. And, you know, we have an in-house therapist now, but before we did, we Mm -hmm. really heavily relied on our EAP, which Mm -hmm. I know when you and I first met, I brought you over there and Mm -hmm. you were impressed because, Mm -hmm. because I, I do know that I haven't heard always the most um, glowing reviews from EAPs. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that's starting to change, but Mm -hmm. we still have a great relationship with our EAP. So we've got a lot of really good resources for people. Absolutely. Some great folks over there. Yeah. So, so I just wanted to touch upon those things because the whole collaboration and the, the, you know, having what we call a bandwidth of resources, you said a menu, but Mm -hmm. I love that because not everybody wants to go see a therapist or a counselor. Mm -hmm. Not everybody wants to talk to peer support and, but somebody might want to go talk to a chaplain. So just having the, having, you know, kind of that bandwidth of resources available for them to decide what they want. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I, I was sharing with Heidi the other day uh, and I won't, I won't say people's names, but I, I, around 2019 or 2020 um, our, our program was, was, was featured like in the department of justice, like, which was really nice, really neat for them to like uh, model programs. And I, I got invited uh, to 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 go to the DOJ in DC, and I, I'm I'm the little man at the table, and I mean that there are police chiefs from all over the country. There's psychologists, there's experts in wellness, and I did not consider. Uh, I still don't consider myself to be an expert, um, but I'm in, I'm at the big boy table, and I remember there was somebody. Again, I won't say what department, but but he was. His point was that law enforcement does not trust civilians, and that for if you're creating a wellness program. You have to have it based around uh, trained uh, peers. And his whole presentation was like 10 minutes. And it was like, we're never going to trust civilians. Uh, Cops are only going to trust cops. And I remember sitting there, Wendy, going, am I going to say something? Am I going to say something in front of the uh, all these? And I did. I did. And I just said, you know, with all due respect, uh, sir, we've had a program for, for this is our third or fourth decade. And we believe that it works both ways. We believe what you just said, Wendy, that sometimes you're going to need to talk to a chaplain. Sometimes you're going to need to talk to a peer. Sometimes it may be, and he looked at me like I had three heads and, but I was proud. I walked out of there with my head up. Um, cause I, cause I think he's wrong. Uh, he might be an expert, uh, in, in what he does, but you're, he's wrong on that. And we have to, as, as, uh, as professionals within this, we have to understand that. And you do, and I do, and I think most of us get that, that in any given place, we don't get to determine what a person needs. I don't get to determine, uh, and I, I'm going to go back to this, because we, we we had three or four really bad crashes. And so I'm reaching out to these guys. For some of those guys, it may not move the needle much. It, it might not. But somebody in that group of officers in, in fatal crash uh, officers, they, it may be their worst day and they may not want to talk to me. They want, they want to talk to somebody else. So I I'm always mindful of that. And I know you are too, Wendy, of like meeting them where they are and what do they need in that moment? So. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that. So two things that I want to emphasize is first, absolutely. 
Um, one of the things that we all know, so I'm just going to say it, is that there might be a little bit of ego within the law enforcement world. I mean, every, there's ego everywhere. And sure. the way that I look at this, it's not a competition between the cops and the peers and the clinicians right. and the chaplains. We need to collaborate and stepping mm-hmm. back and having the ability to know, yeah, sometimes they don't want to talk to a peer. Sometimes mm-hmm. they want to talk to a therapist. And I will side with you on this because I've seen it firsthand. We have very trusted mental health professionals. We have mm-hmm. an in-house therapist. I've said it four times now, but I'll say it again. We have other clinicians in our area that are very trusted. And that's the preferred Good. way that we've got our, our first responders. That's what they want to do. Some want to talk to peers, some don't, but you know, it, it's just kind of removing that ego and that you have to be that person. I think we need to start to look at it from a little bit of a different perspective. It's not about you. It's about the people yes. that we're trying to serve. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, the other thing that you said, um, you know, I, gosh, it's just, there, there's so much we could talk about here. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I do really think that the foundation of peer support is important for mm-hmm. for agencies to understand. Absolutely. It is not the only thing you should have, but I can see, I can tell you that I have noticed um, now and being able to reflect back after doing this for uh, close to five years is that what you do up front really does matter when you have a crisis. And yes. having a really good foundation with a peer support mm-hmm. team, meaning we have people in all areas of the agency that get what peer support is. They have these skills, they know the resources. And then secondly, like just really kind of like hitting people over the head over and over again, kind of like talking to your kids and having to tell them things 10 to 15 times. They hear these things in the academy. They hear it um, regularly. We try to put like information out with our communication section. And so I have seen how finally people have bought in. It took a while. Mm -hmm. It it definitely took a while and not everyone buys in, but they know it's there. They know it's trusted. And I have seen the benefit of having like an established resource and program come to fruition. And so I do want to say for, for those listening that it may not happen overnight, (laughs) but I think once you've got something established, your hard work, and I'll say it is hard work, um, Mm -hmm. really, Mm -hmm. really can pay off if it's done correctly. I I love that, Wendy. It, 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 it takes one person, right? Like that's, that's how Nashville grew one person. That's how Sedgwick's growing one person. And I know you don't want to give yourself credit, but like being that person to say, you know what, I'm going to step forward and and throw some ideas together and I have plans and I'm going to, when I met your peer support team, it, it, I, it was like 10 or 12 people, 15 people in that room. You, you just know, you, you get the right people there. You start, um, you haven't shared visions. I, I, you know, for, for us, you know, our, our core values here, relationships, resources, and resiliency. And I, it, I, it has to start with relationships. Um, if you don't have the trust and the buy-in from from your chiefs or the training academy, uh, I, I th- those are some of the lessons I've learned. I think when I came on, you know, I think we had a chief that appreciated us, uh, valued us, um, but I don't think he fully understood the the totality of it. Right, I, and now we do. I, I think now I feel so blessed to have a, a chief and a deputy chief that they support us so much. They they get it. The one thing I was going to say too, I like what y'all did. And, and, and it one thing that makes me sad is when 
wellness programs are born from tragedy. And and you and I could both, we could probably have a whole podcast on that. Like there's, there are some really great, wonderful wellness programs across this country that were only born because they were having suicides or they had major events. Um, and that I'm glad that that's not why, I mean, I guess I got to be careful with that. I think, I think good can come from those things, but that's what I would urge uh, anybody listening today, or I, I constantly urge, don't wait till that dark day. Don't wait to, to try to build a program. There's a, there's a small police department that's really close to where I live. Uh, it's in a different County. And uh, I'll, I'll make this quick for, for years, they would wait for a tragedy. Hey, we've had an officer involved shoot. We had a line of duty down. We've had this. And they would call us, hey, can you help? Can you help? And we would always help them. It was a small, small department. And I would always tell the lieutenant who would call me, y'all need a peer support program. Y'all need a peer support. Y'all need to build this. No, no, no. We can lean on y'all. Well, he finally, when we had our DOJ grant, he came and we trained him. And then we trained a couple of more. He called me last week and said, guess what? They've He's a lieutenant. They're, they've made me the wellness coordinator. And I'm like, yes. So the, I mean, like, that's perfect. It gets me fired up because now he's going to build kind of what you've built um, and go from there. And yeah, I think he may retire and stay on as the wellness coordinator. So I'm excited about that. And you bring up a really good point because I, you know, I've mentioned our grant. We've two years, two, well, not two years in a row, but two grant cycles in a row. We've been fortunate enough to get a LEMWA grant too. So I'll tell everybody what that is, Law Enforcement, Mental Health, and Wellness Act that Congress passed back in 2018. These are grants um, that you have to apply for that have definitely gotten more competitive if you're looking to, to, to start a wellness initiative or a peer support team. But we've done the same thing, and I think that's part of why we were awarded, is it just wasn't for our agency. It was emphasizing that we're going to collaborate and train um, people in peer support, and it's important to us to invite other agencies into that. So yes. that's a really good point because we've supported a lot of other programs in the short time mm -hmm. we've been in existence, mm -hmm. but now there's been so many that have developed and grown their own programs, yes. which is yeah. which is so important because um, it's important for them, but it's also mm -hmm. been nice because unfortunately our agency had a tragedy last year we lost right. a deputy in the yeah. line of duty mm -hmm. um, deputy sydney carter october 7th of last mm. year mm. and we had an outpouring of support from the agencies that were surrounding us and you know another another organization that's been really you know influential in how our programs developed and it's called first midwest it's a statewide peer support mm. mm -hmm. initiative i think i've talked about that to you before. Mm -hmm. But my point is, is that, you know, you don't build and support because you're looking to get something out of it. But I can, I just want to stress the importance of the collaboration goes both ways. And when your agency needs something, there are others that can't wait to help because yes. the, the reason that's so important is because, you know, everybody's different. Everyone handles trauma and crisis and tragedy differently. But if you have a relationship with somebody and it and you're on the peer support team, yes. one of the benefits of having others at least being there to support you as maybe you support agency yep. members is yes. so helpful because you're trying to, to process and handle kind of your own 
emotions and feelings and having those people to rely on and lean on that you already have the relationships with, like you said, um, is, is so instrumental. So I, I appreciate you saying that. I want to say one other thing about your agency. When, when we went there and for those, if we didn't really explain this part of the CryTac exchange was we went to you to do a peer exchange and visited your agency. And then you came here And I distinctly, I will never forget something that one of your deputy chiefs said to me. And I I was able to bring this back, talk to my sheriff. And from there, we were able to expand our program. He said that you can tell what an agency values by where they put their resources. And and it stuck with me because it's so true. And, And, you know, a lot of times agencies will... Uh, and I'm not talking about mine here, but you'll have people that do certain things or start certain programs to check a box and to just say, okay, we've got this over here, but they really don't invest the resources that are necessary and look to continue to develop and grow the program by realizing, well, we need to continue to fund this and grow it if it's going to continue to to help our agency. So he, he was instrumental in that because that really got me also to look at yeah. this differently, that wellness isn't this siloed thing that should be off to right. the side, but a thread into the ethos of your entire agency, like, you know, yeah. just, just kind of changing the culture. And so I want to point that out because that was very, very impactful when I was able to come back and, and talk to my sheriff and uh, convince him we needed to, to have a few other resources. I, I I love that. I think we could have a whole other podcast on, you know, on this. There's so much to talk about. Um, when it when it comes to wellness, you know, what are we doing? I think for, again, there, there was a period, uh, I think when I first came on, there was so much talk about uh, psychological assessments and fitness for duties and making sure. And then that we went through a phase and we're still there, like suicide prevention and mm-hmm. uh, I think things have really changed. This is my opinion. I'm not representing Metro Nashville Police Department here, but I think things have really changed since 2020. Uh, a lot of things like, and, and what I mean by that is like, how do we keep our, how do we uh, recruit, train, retain, keep our men and women healthy? We want to keep these guys, right? What What does wellness really mean? And it goes back to what I said an hour ago, I guess, but we're, we, we, I feel like we've moved away from this. Hey, we're the wellness team and we're going to come whenever there's a tragedy and trauma and, or you're going through something tough to we've moved all the way into a, to an area of like, Hey, we, we want to build this from the ground up. We want wellness is so much bigger than what it was a decade ago. So I don't think you give yourself enough credit, Wendy. I, 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 I don't know if your listeners know this. You guys got to present at the uh, National FOP Wellness Symposium. I think that was last year. You got to talk about your program. Was that last year in Nashville? That was Actually, really cool. It was this so year. Just, it was just January of this year. Look at me. See, that was <laughs> January. So eight months ago, nine months ago. That was just really cool. Um, very excited for you guys, what y'all have built. And again, there you are again, just sharing with other agencies on on how to grow something so i'm very proud of you and what you guys are doing in in wichita well i appreciate that you're you're very kind to say that but yeah i mean it's it's really rewarding and it's neat to see the impact that it has and again you know i try to avoid looking at all the things that we still have left to do and take take a moment to reflect back on the things that we have gotten to do and the successes Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but but yeah, there there's always there's always things to do. And one thing I want to make sure I say is that, you know, because you already mentioned this, you mentioned, you know, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. I've been here for 17 years. It's, you know, for me, this is my second career. And this is definitely not a retirement job, right? I retired yeah. uh, from a law enforcement career, and it's been rewarding. And there's no complaining. This has been a dream job. But I think we need to talk about succession planning, because I think mm -hmm. Law mm -hmm. enforcement agencies, first responder agencies are are so bad at this in general. Yes. And yeah. one of the things that we are really trying to do with our agency, especially, is that I, for me, it's important for this to continue to thrive and grow and, and hopefully and most definitely get better after I'm yes. gone. Yes. And so I, I think I think in doing all of this, we have to keep that in mind, like even though you don't want to think about yourself leaving when you're just starting out, but thinking about making sure what are the ways to make sure that once that person leaves, how right. that program can continue to thrive and not just be this, you know, absolutely fly by night thing. Yep. Absolutely. Well, David, uh, wow. There's, I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs> um, is there, is there anything, um, you know, I think, I think I'm definitely going to add a bunch of links and resources to the show notes, but is there anything that you would want to say that we haven't talked about or anything that you want the listeners to know if in particular, if they're, they're looking to bring organizational wellness to their agency or enhance it? I, I appreciate this opportunity. I think we've covered so much. Um, I, I think it, it goes back. I, I've said it a lot, just relationships are so critical and, and, and knowing that the, Knowing that the stigma, I, Wendy, when I first came on, I wanted to eliminate this stigma. I want, I didn't, and I, and the older I get, the longer there will always be a stigma. I believe that, but, but we attack the stigma. We attack it through training, through relationships, through connections, through supporting. You earn that trust. Uh, I, I'm reminded of, of one of the first critical incidents I went to. It was an officer involved shooting, and I, I show up and I don't know anybody. I'm just walking around. I'm, I'm I'm talking to people. It's awkward. It's cold. It's it's raining outside. Literally, it's in the winter. Uh, and then I you, you fast forward over the years. The, the last shooting we had this Monday. I walk up. I know every single commander, every single captain. Uh, I know the officers now. I know like the the connections. Those relationships are so important. And and but you know what? There there, there are still people within our department that probably don't trust us or, or want to and that's fine I, I again I, as I've matured and, and grown so I, I would I would encourage people like the goal is not to get a hundred percent buy-in that that would be great if we did but just to keep keep building relationships I, again from the top down from the bottom up being genuine protecting that confidentiality uh, and and not being a fit not being afraid to try different things I, I mean we could have a whole other show on things we've tried that didn't work um but just the just the uh, just the passion that's needed for for this job, um, and and the last thing I'll say is is the self care. Like we have to take care of ourselves, right? Just the 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 things that you see that I see. Um, we we had uh, we had a horrific school shooting in in March. Uh, Covenant, where three uh, little kids and three adults lost their lives, and I, I'm reminded that. My team, we're supporting those men and women, and we're hearing their stories over and over again. So a single officer may go in and have an experience and share that with one of us.
But as a team, we're hearing hundreds and hundreds of stories. And so self-care is so important. Our director uh, pulled in outside agencies for us to go through a debriefing. We went to talk to counselors. We really worked through that together. So that's what I would probably end with. In our, in our field, the stuff that we see, the vicarious trauma, make sure that we take care of ourselves. And I Thanks, know you David. do a good job of that. You are the yoga guru and <laughs> I try. I try, but you know, it's it's easy to fall off just because you know you need to do something doesn't mean yeah. you always do it. Yeah. That's that's for sure. But I'm glad you you ended with that because it is important for those who do this work, whether you're a counselor or a peer support person, yep. to remember to take care yes. of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You have been awesome. You're one of my favorite people. Thank you. Oh, I, I feel the same way about you. And I'm sure everybody can tell you're, you're such a great guy. And I'm so glad we finally made this work. Same. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show, David. Thank you, Wendy. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you found value, please share and give us a review. As always, if you have questions, feedback, or an idea for a future episode topic, please send me an email at wendy at blueline and register to receive our upcoming free Guns and Yoga newsletter that's coming in 2024. The link is also included in the show notes. And remember, we are better together. Together.